Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from the WHIO studios. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, here are your hosts, John Bedell and John Tistel. Hey, everybody. I'm John Bedell. Thank you, disembodied voice. He's John Tisdale, my partner tonight. And you're you, Flyers fans. And we thank you for joining us here on Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Dayton Flyers went to Amherst. They won 72-48, and the Dayton Flyers are all out of bubblegum. I'm talking about fresh out. I mean, they went to Amherst and opened up a can on the Minutemen. 72-48, Dayton a 24-point winner tonight. And, Tizzy, the streak in UMass is finally over. Can you dig it? <laughs> Not all that impressive of a win when you consider the opponent. No one's going to confuse it for a resume win, but I think it deserves Cyrus because it's another road win. But you just went there and you took care of business, Tiz, because this was a landmine sitting there waiting on the schedule even before we knew Pipkins, no Pipkins, uh, no Holloway tonight, no Rashawn Holloway. Um, This UMass team is terrible with those two. They're even worse without them. This is a Minutemen team that came into tonight 10-17 and overall, 3-11 and and 8-10 play. Um, and as I mentioned in the Bud Light postgame show, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a Dayton fan today, and we were just basically talking about you, you, can't, you can't go to UMass and lose to this Minutemen squad. You just can't. Um, when you're looking at top four seeding and this log jam that's at the top of the conference, and you want to keep pace and you want to get a top four seed to make it uh, somewhat within reason to be able to win three games in as many days, uh, to get the auto bid, which I believe this team is going to need to get into the big dance, you got to go to UMass and win. And you got to cut this crazy historic losing streak where they haven't won a regular season game before tonight since 2004. If you're going to, one of the growth, one of the steps of growth this team had to have taken this year is one, learn how to win on the road. And boy, have they done that after winning only once away from UD Arena for road games last year. They're now, and I misspoke before the break, they came in tonight. The Flyers came into tonight five and two on the road in conference. I said five and one. They're now six and two in uh, on the road in a ten play this year. And tis they did just that. It's a baby step because it's a terrible UMass team, but it's a step. You got to be able to avoid landmines like this and just go into a place like Rhode Island, like UMass, boat race them, get out of there healthy and come back with a win, and they did just that today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything you said is uh, spot on. I mean, uh, this game was over, I, you know, as I go ahead and go back to my notes. I mean, look, UMass started out, it was 8-2, to two, and then the Flyers come back, and they outscored really to take control of this game. Um, they outscored the Minutemen 16-2 um, to two to take an 18-10 to 10 lead. And then the, that was really the first run, and then Trey Landers gets the jam. That extended it even more to 22-12, and then – Lawrence scores to make a 28-14, 626 mark. And then Dayton scores 12 more unanswered points and eight of those points uh, by Obi Toppin, uh, all of them on dunks, which... <laughs> and uh, a new dunk record for him. He broke the now. new dunk record. That's exactly right. So, uh, Taking it from Chris Wright. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I mean, he can flat out sky. I mean, this game was over 
um, by halftime. And we haven't been able to say that for a lot of games this year. We haven't been able to say that probably for the last two years. So this is a team that is slowly starting to grow a little bit before our eyes. Um, It's not pretty at times. Uh, Maybe not the best second half that they play, but still, they were pretty much, you kind of like that you get to put the feet up a little bit and kind of relax. I'm like, Dayton's got this one. They're going to win this game. Kind of like that. Kind of like nice to have that mindset a little bit, not be having be nail biter time that we've heard Larry and Bucky talk about so much or white knuckler time. But right. uh, it was kind of nice, and uh, the and business was taken care of tonight. And for whatever reason, UMass has been one of those teams that good, bad, or indifferent. They've just been historically a bugaboo for this Flyers program. Yeah. Matt McCall and company got the season sweep last year. Anthony Grant and his Flyers come back and return the favor this year, flipping around on them. Now you're asking the questions. Uh, where they now get the season series sweep with Dayton taking care of business, obviously a few weeks ago. That was that was a little t- uh, nip and tuck for a little that bit was. at the arena. Absolutely, a lot closer than a lot of people thought it should have been. Uh, but they they flip it around and they get they get the season sweep. And, and like I said, when, when you've got top four seed goal aspirations on the line, tis you you just got to go there and take care of business. Um, because you, you, you've got nothing to lose these last three games. No. And when you're in a tight race, you're only a game and a half behind VCU. But VCU's, look, coming into tonight, the Rams had, now they were idle tonight. Uh, I believe the Rams were. I thought they had a game. All right, you know what? They're, they're in the middle of a game. That's why there's the half game lead, because they're currently up 66 55 uh, against St. Louis right. in Richmond with three and a half left. Mm-hmm. But if VCU ends up pulling this one off, they're going to be right where they were at beginning of the tonight, beginning of tonight, which is two games ahead of the Flyers. But VCU's essentially, they've got a three-game lead on you because yeah. if they end up tied, VCU's got the tiebreaker. So right. you're three games back of the Rams with three to play, um, essentially. And But they've got nothing to lose, Tiz, so you, you can't you can't be giving up ground to with a handful of t- two teams at least and Bonnies and Duquesne one game back. You're, you're in a dogfight with George Mason for that four seed. You can't be losing games like this at UMass, and I'll give them credit for just going there taking care of business and just waxing the Minutemen. Like you said, it was it was close when it was 8-2. to two. After that, yeah. Flyers didn't look back. It was done. You, you wonder, as I look at the standings, is you know, Duquesne 9-5, and five, George Mason, St. Bonaventure 9-5, and five, Dayton at 11-4, and four, and obviously we know that uh, those, te- those teams have got games coming up. You wonder when Dayton is in, in, is in secure shape for that top four seed because you're starting to get to that criteria. The more Dayton wins, the more they've secured that top four bid and they don't have to play until Friday in the Atlantic 10 tournament. Now, obviously, that's two weeks away. Dayton's still got to take care of business because they haven't done anything yet. They still, um, like we talked about during the Bud Light postgame show, it's auto bid or bust for this team to get into the NCAA tournament. But I'm like, you know what? Why not? Let's prove everyone wrong. And you know what? Tonight was a starting step, but you want to be playing your best basketball this time of the year. Is Dayton doing that? They might be. They might be playing their best basketball of the year and at the right time. As one of my buddies said, their NCAA at large hopes or tournament hopes, uh, they're not great, but it's also not zero. No. So you got nothing to lose. Let's just go blow people out the rest of the way and see what happens. So, got Rex Gardecki on the hotline. We're going to get to him after the bottom hour break here on uh, Flyer Feedback. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here live for Flyer Feedback right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. 
930, I'm John Tisdell. Here are the three big things you need to know this hour. Springboro police continue their search for a missing teen. The U.S. House has approved a plan to block President Trump's effort to declare a national emergency and funnel more money to a border wall. And our top story, Springfield police are on the lookout for two missing Springfield children. Staying mainly dry for the rest of the week, but there is a chance for precipitation this weekend. I'm Chief Meteorologist McCall Vrydags. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now, WHIO triple team traffic getting a report of a broken down vehicle. It's in the area of Yankee Street, just over I-675. As for the freeways, traffic moving pretty well tonight. If you're going to be traveling on uh, westbound 35, coming from just near 675, that eight-mile drive to Interstate 75, going to take you about seven minutes point to point. Our top story, uh, Springfield police are searching for two missing Springfield children ages four and an infant. Springfield police say Caden and Braylon Corrin were taken by their birth mother about three o'clock this afternoon. Her name is Khadijah Corrin, 22 years old. They say Children's Services was in the process of taking emergency custody of these kids this afternoon. While agents were waiting for paperwork, they say Khadijah Corrin went and picked up those kids from school and daycare where they were. Police said Khadija Corrin is likely driving a light green Ford Focus with Ohio license plate HRE 8196. That's 2 Center 7's Kate Bartley with team coverage. If you see the car or any sign of the Corrins, you are asked to call your local police agency or Springfield Police at 937-324-7680. The U.S. House has approved a plan to block President Trump's effort to declare a national emergency and funnel more money to a border wall. After a sharp debate, the House voted mainly along party lines to block the president's border emergency. We are at war on the southern border gop lawmakers mostly sticking with the president while democrats denounced the executive action there is no crisis that's our washington correspondent jamie dupree now the bill will head over to the u.s senate but even if it passes there a presidential veto awaits the president trump and north korean leader kim jong-un are preparing to meet in vietnam for their second summit the two leaders will meet tonight vietnam time a few minutes together one-on-one -on -one before what's being billed as a social dinner joining president trump the acting chief of staff mick mulvaney and secretary of state mike pompeo who arrived separately that's Fox's John Roberts with team coverage from Hanoi, Vietnam. With local news every 15 minutes, this is WHIO Continuing News. Springboro police continue their search for a missing teen. Detectives are looking for 16-year-old Shelby Kilgore reported missing by her aunt over the weekend. Today, police spoke with her boyfriend in Dayton. They say he is cooperating, but they tell us they are no closer to finding her. And now the most accurate and dependable forecast, your Storm Center 7 Chief Meteorologist, McCall Vrydex. Mainly clear skies as we head through the evening, perhaps a few more clouds as we get closer to daybreak. We'll fall to a low of 26 degrees by morning. As we head into your day tomorrow, clouds will be filling in as a weak little cold front approaches. It may bring a passing sprinkle or light rain shower for the afternoon, but the chances for rain are on the lower end. In fact, a good portion of us could stay dry. Highs for tomorrow, they'll rise to the upper 40s with some isolated spots hitting 50 degrees. Then we'll fall back into the 30s as we look towards Wednesday night. I'm Chief Meteorologist McCall Vrydags in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Latest scan of live clear currently we got 30 degrees in xenia 27 degrees in springfield and 30 degrees in dayton at 9 34 i'm john tisdell whio continuing news ever wonder what ingredients are in bud light just check the packaging we brew with hops barley water and rice ever wonder what ingredients are in coors light you can't check the packaging you have to go to their website download a pdf and scroll to page three there it is 
Coors Light brews with hop extract, barley, water, and corn syrup. Bud Light, brewed with no corn syrup. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer AB St. Louis, Missouri. Based on information available at MillerCoors.com as of January 16, 2019. Premier Health is proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics as the official sports medicine provider for 42 area schools. We treat more student-athletes than anyone else in the region. From injury prevention, treatment, and sports performance, our team of board-certified sports medicine and orthopedic physicians, athletic trainers, and rehabilitation specialists offer a comprehensive program focused on the goals of each athlete. To learn more or to find a Premier Health sports medicine specialist, visit PremierHealth.com slash SportsMed. Premier Health, taking care to a higher level. And watching all of this from the sky, let's go back to Mark Bowen and the WHIO Air Scouts. Thanks, Charlie. Not much change since we talked to you last, uh, just a few minutes ago. The uh, fire appears to be burning a little more uh, severe now. Those call letters are something else. Those are those are heritage call letters. When people think of, of radio, they think of WHIO. When I was in school growing up in this community, I mean, everybody listened to WHIO and everybody watched WHIO TV. This has been WHIO as long as I've known it, and I think that because of that, along with the commitment the radio station has made to news, I still teach. And I and I point to the fact that uh, a lot of stations, most stations, news went out the door years ago. This is a station that takes news seriously. 1290 Now, a gardening minute with Garden Talk's very own Mark Weber. Hi, everybody. Mark Weber here for AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO for a Garden Talk Minute. You know, the month of uh, February is finally winding down, and the time in which you should be lifting and dividing and moving plants about your landscape is upon us. The frost is most likely out of the ground at this point, and the perfect time to collect a root ball and move it to the new location is here. Here's a couple important tips to consider when transplanting and moving plants. First of all, make sure that you've got the right tools at hand. A spade, a shovel, and most importantly, the physical ability to dig up the adequate size root ball depending on the plant to move to its new location. Remember, by doing so, you need to do it safely and efficiently. And this has been a Garden Talk Minute. Listen to Mark Weber on Garden Talk Saturday mornings from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. Coming to you live from our Dayton studios. It's a place where we do not, don't tweet recruits. Dayton goes to Amherst, comes home a 72 48 winner. They go to the Mullen Center and get their first win at UMass in the regular season because they did win an A-10 tournament first round game there in 2011. First regular season win at UMass since 2004. Anthony Grant and his Dayton Flyers are now 19-9 overall, 11-4 in the A-10, and currently they are sitting in third place a game and a half back unless VCU has gone final, which it still has not gone final yet, but Right now, they're a game and a half back of uh, first place VCU, but if the Rams are able to hold on at home against St. Louis tonight, they're up seven with 40 seconds left. Uh, Dayton will be a full two games behind the Rams, and as we mentioned in our previous segment, essentially, you might as well look at the standings and say VCU's got a three-game three lead because if they end up tied, 
they're back three with as many left. Uh, Dayton uh, loses out on the tiebreaker. VCU's got a basically uh, three-game lead with three games left here in the A-10. But the four seed very much, top four seed very much still in the mix. Dayton could, I think, even finish as high as two. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to catch the Rams because of the tiebreaker scenarios, but crazier things have happened. Uh, But we'll see. But, hey, tonight all we care about is they go to UMass, they take care of business, and come home a 24-point winner. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? If the Flyers just take care of their business, they don't have to worry about getting help. And that's really – that's all you need to worry about. If you win out, it's just that simple. You take care of your business, win your games, you don't have to worry. And that's all the Flyers need to do to get the top four in the top four and play Friday in about two weeks. That's the number one goal, at least for this for these for the program here. And it starts and it continues Friday night when they play uh, the University of Rhode Island at the UD Arena. You can tweet us at John Tisdale or at JBLWHIO. You can also use the hashtag Flyer Feedback, and we may read your tweet on the air. You can also call us up at four five seven twelve ninety. Want to go to the phones for the first time tonight? It's the hotline. It's Rex Gardecki, friend of show. Actually, employee of show. Rex, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. You guys are doing a wonderful job tonight. Great win for the Flyers. Yeah, what'd you think of them? Just, uh, you know, I was, I was mentioning earlier, Rex, I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier today who's a UD fan, and we were just kind of talking about, basically, this is one that you just can't go to UMass and lose this one. And right. they didn't. I, I give them credit for going there and taking care of business because this this uh, could have easily been a trap game. Oh, there's there's no doubt about that, John. And when, and like Josh Posterini was saying on the radio during the telecast in the last eight minutes is, you know, there's a new sort of formula that they take into effect, and in effect, you know, uh, point differential. So, as as John and Larry quoted today, you know, win by 30, win by 40, it means everything. So, and I'm sure Anthony tonight is, you know, get back safe and uh, uh, good practice the next couple of days. And like we said earlier, it's just it's a one game at a time right now. That's all they got to look at. Rex, you're a former coach. You know, I'm sure Anthony wasn't real thrilled. Um, with the way they close, but you know, then again, it's it's hard to keep the the, yeah, the foot hard. on the pedal too much. I mean, was, you know, any any takeaways you have of them letting up, or is that is that just going to happen when you're up? No, you know, I think it's, oh, I think north it's of twenty. A combination of you you look at the scoreboard, your mind knows that you're in a situation where it's not going to get out of hand. So it's extremely hard to do that, and to to you know when you're up twenty eight thirty and you're trying to run some clock on it. You know, some other guys got some minutes tonight. Frankie came off the bench and got some minutes. Hillhill got some minutes. So it's a it's a you know, it's a, it's a good situation to come back on a plane tonight with everybody getting time in. Rex, Josh Cunningham continues his resurgence. He had been in a bit of a rut. He's now Why had... Why do they don't not double him tonight? <laughs> we were talking about that. <laughs> I thought, my gosh, you know, there's a guy that's an A-10 performer, you know, possible player of the year, and they don't double him. So it was befuddling to me. And 18 points for Josh. And also, uh, Obi, you know, with the dunk record. Rex, where where does he rank in terms of... The prolific dunkers you've come seen, uh, oh you've gosh. seen through this he, program over he, the years. I, you know, watched Chris Wright for four years and uh, other great ones, but he just, you know, he has such great hop and and a quickness about him when he goes up. You know, he almost goes up as quick on his second jump as he does his first jump. You know, and he's shooting uh, like like they were saying tonight. I think he's seven of thirteen from the three point line. So and he's he's a terrific passer. I mean. He's just—he's getting better and better. We just—we got to keep him for a couple years. <laughs> yeah, keep the NBA scouts away from <laughs> him, Rex. Right. Keep the NBA scouts away. That's what we're all. Open. <laughs> well, the other thing that it was that uh, that impresses me about Obi, and we saw it on his—I believe it was his 69th dunk of the season—was that breakaway, Rex. I was talking to somebody else about this today. You know, the handle he's got for for a oh, guy yeah. his size. He's a he's a special athlete, and he's just really finding himself with this body. And as you and I talked the last time. 
on the air that he's, you know, he's really, he's a young performer. And sometimes it's better off being that way. He's, you know, he was only 6'2 or 6'3 as a eighth and ninth grader. And he's just getting into his body right now. So we keep our fingers crossed that he uh, maybe gets a 6'9 or 6'10 and, and uh, see how good he can be, how good a player he can be. My last question, Rex, is that, you know, you, you can tend to look at this game on the surface and think, well, you know, they went on the road, they took care of a terrible UMass team, which they should have done. But I think it demonstrates growth a little bit because yes. two of the things they've had to learn to do this year, one went on the road. They only won once in a road game last year at period, and it was at Richmond. So it was only once in conference when that road win came. But also, you know, just avoiding the clunkers and and going to a team like UMass. Like I said, they had no business losing to this team. And I think it shows growth that they're, one, able to start winning on the road. They're learning how to do that and in conference. Right. And they're winning again in conference. You're just going and taking care of business and avoiding stepping on the landmine. you got to be able to do that if you want to sort of take the next teams. step. If you look at Duke tonight losing to Virginia Tech, I mean, I know that Zion Williams is out. But it's it's tough to win on the road, and uh, you know, winning convincingly tonight has got to give the the players a, a real good feeling going to the, the Friday night's game. So we're just uh, keeping our fingers crossed and keeping everything going one game at a time. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Rex Gardecki, former Flyer, still great. Our partner here on Flyer Feedback, Rex. We thank you for uh, taking some time to call thank in tonight. You guys are doing a great job, John. Hey, thanks, Rex. Appreciate that. Thank Rex. you, Rex. Rex Gardecki, the pride of Miami's bird, our friend and coworker uh, here on Flyer Feedback. I, I think Rex has been a great addition. Yeah, to, he has. Uh, to our team this year. A lot of insight, a lot of unique insight as a, not just a former player for Coach Donher for uh, four years at UD, but also a former coach many, many years. Coached uh, Miami's Berg and West Carrollton Hoops uh, at the high school level, so uh, some good insight from Rex there. Uh, but th- th- that's the only thing that I, I just keep going back to is just like just like last week, that the fact that they were able to do something that nobody has ever done this year at Davidson. You got the Wildcats on the road, and you just go in today, and they had no business losing the game. It's easy, and I, and I get, look, I am fully aware no Luan Pipkins and right. no Rashawn Holloway. I, I I totally understand that. And those are two guys that, over their careers, have given UD tremendous fits yep. anytime these two teams have suited up and played each other. But right. again, I I can't get away from the fact that I'm not. No one's going to confuse UMass for an at-large team. Okay, I get no. that. But it is an it was an easy trap game, even given their personnel issues today. And they just went there. They took care of business, and they're coming home healthy. And now you look ahead to a, a home game on Friday at Ro- with Rody. You and I have said this so many times over the years. Road wins in college basketball are just golden. When you get them, and especially in conference, they're just you, you just double that value. And they are just so huge because on any given night, on any or any given day, anybody can be beaten. That's just a fact. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the Dayton Flyers. It doesn't matter if you're Duke or any of these schools, if you go on the road, you are vulnerable because you're in a different environment. But the Flyers were able to, and look, UMass, I looked at the attendance, and this is courtesy of of DaytonFlyers.com, the attendance tonight, 2,478, paling in comparison to the UD Arena, 13,000. Oh, my gosh. That's just, I mean. And if anyone's been to the Mullen Center, I mean, I even asked your good buddy John Harrelson, Boardwalk Hall or the Mullen Center? <laughs> Push. 
<laughs> what did he say? I, I, I go back, but he I, I, I think he hesitated on that for a second. And, uh, Johnny, if you're listening, you could call us probably. But, no. But, no, I even asked that. I mean, I mean Boardwalk well, Hall's a special kind of a dump. I know. I mean, he was talking about leaks, of course, on the ceiling. I know Larry I, how Larry feels about the Boardwalk Hall. Like a warehouse hall. that somebody oh dropped the basketball court but, in I mean, the middle of. The Mullen yeah, Center was built funny. because UMass played in an old building for years. And then because during the Calipari years, they got the Mullen Center. And it, to their credit, it was packed during the Canby years. But then since Calipari left, that place is a ghost town. It's yeah, just, it's really it, it really is. It really is because really UMass has a good basketball history. Dr. J played there. Uh, they've had success. Marcus Camby, you mentioned. Yep. Lou Rowe played there. So they've had some good players. And even Travis Ford coached there back in 2008. They've had some decent players. And they just have not been able to get over the hump just these last few years because Pipkins can play. Holloway can play. They have talent. Carl Pierre can play. Look, they beat Davidson in a grind out early in yeah, the year. that happened? I, yeah, I know. That, I mean, when I you and I talked about that, I'm like, don't lose to UMass. That's like, don't lose to LaSalle. But it's just, a, but bottom line, we're, we're saying that. it's just a bad atmosphere. And I'm sorry to say that because when you go to the UD arena, it's Pat 13,000. The fans are right there, whether it's a whiteout or a red out. The Flyer faithful take great pride and cheering their their teams on. And there's a lot of schools in the A-10 that just don't. No, and it's it, sad. it really is sad because it's, with, sad. it's been a long time since, I mean, I know they made the tournament in 14, but when you're talking about sustained relevancy, it's been a minute since UMass has had any sort of sustained relevance. And for a program that has the past pedigree that they do, it really is, for an a, as an A-10 guy, is it really is sad to look at that atmosphere and to be able to hear the atmosphere. Like somebody was joking <laughs> they tagged us on WHR Radio on Twitter, and I retweeted it where they were like, I'm loving this sort of behind-the-scenes look because you can hear everything that Anthony is saying over right. Larry and Josh because it's so quiet there. Yeah. As I retweeted it and joked, it's a, it's a different kind of mic'd up. You could hear most of what Anthony was shouting because, Tiz, it was like a study hall in there. It really That's was. That's really sad. So, But we don't really care about UMass. No, we uh, don't. The 24-point winner tonight. No. Sean is in Oakwood, and Sean, you want to talk about the Flyers postseason. What's on your mind tonight? Okay, now you're on the line, Sean. There you go. Sorry, that was my fault. That's all right. Another good road win. They're all good. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, I know you. Know, we've talked a lot about you know the NCAA. They pretty much got to win the A10 tournament to get in. But I, do you think I know? And I know the NIT is kind of a four-letter word to some people. But do you think we're a lock for the NIT at this point? Uh, I don't know about. I mean, I don't know about lock. I mean, they. I don't think they'd have. If they get north of 20 wins, I don't think they'll have trouble getting in. I mean, especially if they're inching close to the bubble. Um, I mean, I still think it's, I mean, when, you know, it's it's not terribly encouraging for your big dance hopes when they're on lists that are titled on life support or next eight out. Right. Or, uh, But if they're inching close to the bubble, Sean, I don't think they're going to have any trouble getting into the NIT to answer your question. I mean, I, I consider that a great, I mean, for, you know, from where what happened last year and everything, I mean, I think this was great, you know, just, even even the NIT this year, you know, I think it's it really you know a, a big success, you know, given what all the rebuilding that they had to do. I yeah, and it's it, and you know my take on the NIT is well established. I don't care for it. I think it's irrelevant. But but this this is a rare year for me where it is. It's still not the goal. And Anthony right. and Neil Sullivan would tell you that. But this is a rare year for me, Sean, where the NIT it, it would be a benchmark of progress to go no postseason and then NIT this year. It would be a benchmark for me. It's not what I want, but it would demonstrate progress. 
but then it's got to be a springboard if they end up in it this year. It's got to be a springboard towards an at-large run next year. Right. Do you know, is the NET the only uh, evaluation tool that's being looked at? Or I know that because they show the Pomeroy, POM rankings and Ken POM rankings, and you know some people still look at the RPI as, as pretty much the, NI, the NET tool. It is that right? And I know there are some people that still look at RPI, but the selection committee does not. It's not. It's no longer something they use. And the NET is one of the things they use, and but it's also a composite of a bunch of different factors and they're sort of nebulous about what it actually is and what it, what it contains and how much they weigh everything. So it's, it's, it's a tool uh, that they'll use, but I don't think it's the be all end all. It's just something that they're trying to do to improve the seating and the bracketing procedure to sort of just, it's a step to try and make the bracket better, which, which I can't complain about as a college basketball fan. All righty. Thanks. Hey, thank you for the call, Sean. Appreciate Sean checking in on uh, Flyer Feedback here tonight. Dayton a winner, 72-48, 24-point winner over the UMass Minutemen. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. The home stretch of it continues on the other side of this break, live right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now the three big things you need to know the top stories we're following this hour. The U.S. House has approved a plan to block President Trump's effort to declare a national emergency and funnel more money to a border wall. President Trump has arrived in Vietnam for his second meeting with the North Korean leader for the second summit between the two leaders. And Springfield police are on the lookout for two missing Springfield children. You're never more than 15 minutes from Dayton's top stories. I'm John Tisdell, WHIO Continuing News. Ever wonder what ingredients are in Bud Light? Just check the packaging. We brew with hops, barley, water, and rice. Ever wonder what ingredients are in Miller Lite? You can't check the packaging. You have to go to their website, download a PDF, and scroll to page 10. There it is. Miller Lite brews with hops, hop extract, barley, water, and corn syrup. Bud Light. Brewed with no corn syrup. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer AB St. Louis, Missouri. Based on information available at MillerCores.com as of January 16, 2019. Heart is on the line, you want to know that you're receiving the highest level of care. The award-winning heart and vascular care teams at Kettering Health Network are devoted to getting you back to the things you love. Heart and vascular care at Kettering Health Network is a comprehensive program that includes prevention, diagnosis, and treatment options for heart and vascular diseases. Prevention starts with knowing your risks. Schedule an affordable heart screen with Kettering Health Network. Visit KetteringHealth.org slash heartcare to sign up today. Helping you get to work and get home for over three decades. He gives traffic reports that are helpful. He's been my favorite for many years. Great traffic reports and a person of trust and authority. Dayton's most trusted traffic authority is Sergeant Mark Bowron. Hear him update traffic every six minutes during Miami Valley's morning news. Where you can also get weather every six minutes from Dayton's most trusted meteorologist with in-depth weather information all morning. I trust her weather reports. She always has weather reports that help me plan my day. I love how energetic she is. Knowledgeable. Excellent weather reporter. She's very informative. Count on Storm Center 7 meteorologist Kirsty Zontini with a forecast you can depend on. Right here on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 
work through the 30s this evening, eventually down to a low of 26 degrees, but we do stay quiet with just a few clouds around. I'm Chief Meteorologist McCulver Eggs in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into our studios here in Dayton for the last time tonight. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. The Dayton Flyers get to 19-9 overall and 11-4 and in A-10 play with the 72-48 win they just notched in Amherst, Massachusetts. The first time the Dayton Flyers have gone to Amherst in the regular season and won a game since 2004. Yes, it really has been that long. The historical ineptitude at UMass is as mind-boggling as it is frustrating, but the Dayton Flyers broke that streak tonight. So, Dayton a winner. The only other two games around the league tonight – VCU over St. Louis in Richmond, 71-65. The Rams keep uh, pace atop the A-10. They are alone in first place as of tonight. And also the aforementioned Rhode Island Rams a few segments ago. They come to UD Arena Friday night. They uh, boat raced GW 80-53 to in Kingston tonight. So the Rams, the Rhode Island version, gets to 6-9 in A-10 play. VCU, meantime, uh, improves to 13-2. and uh, in the A-10, and taking a look at the standings, they are now a full two games ahead of Dayton with the win. Dayton uh, was a game and a half back with the Rams technically idle for a, just a second while they were wrapping up their game, uh, but Dayton's now dropped a half game. So they're two games back of the VCU Rams, but keep in mind, uh, VCU might as well have a three-game lead. They do. They have a three-game lead over Dayton because if they end up tied, VCU owns the tiebreaker. But in the standings, VCU's got a two-game lead on Dayton. They're a game and a half up on the second place, Davidson Wildcats, and right on the Dayton Flyers' heels, Tiz, is the team they get next Saturday, the Duquesne Dukes. Dayton will close their regular season at the Palumbo Center. Uh, Duquesne is a game and a half back of Dayton. They've got a chance to gain the Dukes do that half game back when they are in action uh, tomorrow night. And that's that's a big slate tomorrow night because Duquesne and George Mason are both in action and Tizzy both on the road as well. Yeah. Uh, as we take a look at tomorrow, a lot more full slated games. you got... You had three tonight, you have four tomorrow. Davidson at LaSalle, you would assume the Wildcats would win that one. LaSalle is just, man, they're, they're driving the struggle bus this year. Mm. Richmond at George Mason, that's an inter-Virginia rivalry there. Uh, so we'll see if the Spiders can help us out a little bit and and get the Patriots to put some distance between them and the Flyers or at least you know help Dayton out in the rankings. Duquesne in the A-10 standings. Duquesne is at Bonaventure. Now that's going to be a tough one for them yeah. because this is a down year for Bonnies, as we know. But... As we also know, even though historically Dayton has done well at Enolian, that's not an easy place to go play. Mm-hmm. And your meaningless Wednesday night game of the night in the A-10 tomorrow will be the 9 o'clock tip between St. Joe's and Fordham. <laughs> Could it mean any less? Well, not unless you had a, a live Ram versus that Hawk mascot. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to see that? I hate that Hawk! <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be entertaining? That might be more entertaining be more the fun than the actual game. I think you're night. probably right. I'll tell you what. No, going back to Duquesne St. Bonaventure, tell you what, uh, Mark Schmidt's done a good job with that team. They 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 could have beaten us uh, in that game about a month a month and a half ago. So they've quietly come on and have put together a nice run in the second half of the season. I do not want to play that team in Brooklyn. That's one of those teams. Yeah. Duquesne's one of them. Mason's another one of these teams. I uh, just those three right there. 
Those three teams, Duquesne, St. Bonaventure, and George Mason, could cause trouble in Brooklyn. And those could be what they call the bid stealers. So you know there's going to be a lot of teams on the proverbial bubble that are going to be rooting heavily for VCU come two weeks from now. Speaking of the bubble, let's take a look at Bracketology. I went through and did extensive research today on behalf of the WHIO Stats Department. So Bracketology from, I think, the main main ones that fans are going to look at. USA Today, first of all, everybody has the A-10 as a one-bid league right now. But... Here's the caveat. Everybody has the one team as VCU because VCU, as much as we might hate to admit it, they're good. And save stepping on three landmines in as many games, Tiz, I think the Rams are starting to solidify an at-large resume. And everybody here is assuming that the one team that's going to win, that's going to get into the dance from the A-10 is the one team that has the at-large resume to get in without the auto bids. And that's VCU. Now, I think it's perfectly reasonable to expect somebody else, not named VCU, to win in Brooklyn. So I think we could be heading towards a two-bid league. But right now, if the season were to end today and VCU wins, I mean, they're it. I, I don't think anybody's got an at Anybody outside VCU, I don't think, has a resume that will get them into the NCAA tournament with without an auto bid. But USA Today has VCU in the field as a 10 seed. USA Today has Dayton, St. Louis, and Davidson on what they call the life support list. Eamon Brennan, formerly of ESPN, and he used to author Bubble Watch for ESPN. Eamon Brennan's now with The Athletic. He has VCU and Davidson in the work left to do category, and I believe he has VCU as his one uh, one team from the A-10 in. CBS Sports, Jerry Palm has VCU as the only A-10 team uh, in the field of 68. He has the Rams as a nine seed. Palm makes no mention of Dayton or Davidson. Joe Lenardi has VCU, again, if you're sensing a theme here, the only A-10 team in the field as a 10 seed, although Lenardi has Dayton on his next four out list. So that's sort of close to the bubble, but you, you closer. we'd like to be a little closer in terms of at-large chances. SI, Seth Davis, has uh, VCU in as a 10 seed. He has Dayton on the first eight out list, so basically the same category that Lenardi. Lenardi does first four out, next four out. SI just calls it the first eight out. And he has Davidson on the next eight out. ESPN Bubble Watch has VCU and Davidson on the work to do list. Dayton not mentioned, so yeah, we'll see. Long ways to go, but Dayton's got to win out. That's got to be the bottom line. Yep, they're winning tonight, 72-48, a 22-24 point winner. Math is hard over UMass. Our next game is Friday. Dayton and Rhode Island tip at seven. That means we're on the air at six with the expanded Bud Light pregame show live from Flanagan's. Larry and Bucky have the tip at seven, and I will see you over at Flanagan's. Uh, Friday night after the game is over. So we will see you on the radio Friday night, Flyers fans. Until then, I'm I'm John John Tisdale. (laughs) He's John Tisdale. We're saying thanks for listening, everybody. And go Go Flyers. Flyers. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.